T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Well, I'll just mention this right from the top because I know I'll forget to throughout the show. Welcome, by the way. We are going to be playing Pink for all bump music on this weekend's Wiggins America. For one reason and one reason alone, Pink has asked us not to. Or at least she's put out the clarion call that conservatives should not listen to her music. So what we're going to do is play a portion of a Pink song for every single in and out bump around our conservative talk here. The rules are, if I play just a portion of the song, she doesn't get any royalty credit for it. So we will never play the full song, even though throughout the show, we will have played a ton of Pink music, and it's just one song. I'm giving that away right now because there's only one Pink song that I like. And I don't even really like it that much. It was just at that moment in time that I thought, oh, that's kind of a catchy song. Well, there you go. So that's the beginning of the show, and it's throughout the show. But let me start the show by saying this. Sometimes, in fact, I pride myself on often, and I don't do this on purpose, uh, having a little bit different take than everybody else is on whatever current event is going on. You know we've been talking about my take on DocumentGate and all these things for weeks now. And we've got no resolution there. Surprise, surprise. We never will. It'll just be a news story that goes nowhere and nothing happens. Thank God nothing will happen now to former President Donald Trump because something could have, but now nothing for sure will happen. It'll just kind of breeze away. So when I say this, I'm saying that I'm not trying to have a different opinion. I just have a little bit different opinion and take it for what it's worth. Include it into your thought about the subject and come up with your own. But with this Chinese balloon, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit surprised that we're as a nation, I guess as a military not taking it a little bit more seriously. That's not a unique take. But I do think that there is there are actually a lot of positives here. The worst thing that could happen from this is that China is trying to metaphorically float a trial balloon, no pun intended, to see what our reaction would be militarily. If that's what they're trying to do, then we have failed that test as far as I know. Now, we could be testing it. We could be baiting it into something, this balloon, the people controlling it. And we're going to take it down and then study it. And maybe we've been studying it even before it became a news story because our military is that much better. But I think that's the 
the sort of uniqueness to what I think is going on here is that there are actually more positives than negatives because it's waking people up all over the country to the fact that China is a much bigger threat than we're treating them and that we have an administration right now that doesn't really know what to do about it. Because if anything has been shown, it's that either the military really does have this under control and please God, let that be the case. And we have such such incredibly better technology than they do that this is almost a joke and they're just kind of letting it play out to see what exactly the Chinese are trying to do here, but there's no real threat. Or they're seeing, and maybe simultaneously seeing, that our administration currently has no international plan. They just have a domestic agenda, and it's a very woke, cultural, social, domestic agenda. Economically, it's just to spend money. And now internationally, their terrible policies are on display again. We don't need to see that again, but we have a short memory with things like Afghanistan and now with Ukraine, it's just become, you know, everybody hold hands and come together. But a lot of these things would have never, in fact, most of them, probably all of them, would have never happened if we didn't have a weak administration. Okay? I'm going to pause there because we have a lot to come up. And, of course, we got to get back to Pink, which we'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Old Roy is here. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Are you a huge fan of the artist Pink? No. <laughs> I'm sure that doesn't surprise you. No, it does not. But does it surprise you that not only did we play Pink as the bump music in the first segment, but now also in this segment, mm-hmm. and we will be in every segment for the rest of the show, Awesome. based on the news that Pink wants to have nothing to do with conservatives. Oh, well... Welcome aboard. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that was kind of the concept for this whole show, but I went a little bit a step further and I said, "Well, if we're gonna only play Pink and stop short of playing full songs, so that she won't get any royalties from them, <laughs> as far as I understand, <laughs> um, then I think what I'd like to do is only play Pink songs that I like, because if we're gonna, yeah, sure, we could make her mad because obviously she pays attention to the show." Mm-hmm. 
Um, she podcasts it every week. Oh, yeah. As far as I know. Right. But um, <clears throat> the I don't want to just do this just to like, oh, and bother Pink. I want to do this as a, a uh, something that will bother Pink, but it will also be a, a boon to us. And so I've chosen the one Pink song that I like from 2006. So we're only playing that one song as all the bomb which, music. Which one is that? Uh, let's get this party started. The one that you just heard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, that, that'll be for the rest of the show, just so you know. And I may forget to explain that in a segment here or there, but I'll try to remind everybody as we're going that that's what we're doing. Because I understand that not everybody tunes in for the whole show. I want to get your thoughts on this, old Roy. Okay. You're a restaurant owner slash pub owner. Mm-hmm. You, you refer to it as the pub, right? Right. Tulligans in, High, in Highland, Illinois. And by the way... January and February, well, I guess we're in February now, are like the months to visit a restaurant that you haven't visited before mm-hmm. because you guys are super busy in certain times or have, I mean, not, not that you've done, been open for a long, long time, but right. <clears throat> you had a very busy holiday season and now this is traditionally kind of the uh, the lower months for all restaurants. Yeah. So if you wanted to try a new one, this is the best time to do it. Highly recommend Tulligan's in Highland. Thank you. <clears throat> Um, my meal there was fantastic and I've even eaten there before you were open. So that was yeah. kind of fun. I mean, that was fun <laughs> just seeing how it's all done. Um, but this is related to that, which is why I wanted to bring it to you. McDonald's president says it might be impossible to operate in some states in the future. Do you want to take a guess as to why that is? Just, just based on your own experience. My... <clears throat> My first guess would be because of the minimum wage going up. Very good guess. If I had a bell, I would say ding, ding, ding. That's the If you one. had a bell, you would say ding and not ring mm-hmm. the bell I itself. Would, I would point at the bell and I would say, <laughs> ding, you darn bell. Why are you dinging? <laughs> <clears throat> no, that would be my guess was the, uh, the ever-increasing minimum wage. And that is the main one, actually. It says uh, this is what McDonald's has against California in particular, although there are other states that are doing this. Um, obviously, California is always the leader. If it's not Illinois, mm-hmm. it's California or New York. It says uh, in the fall of 2022, the state passed the FAST bill, F-A-S-T, the Fast Food Accountability and Standards Recovery Act, which doesn't acronym to fast <laughs> but <laughs> it's close so i guess they just called it that uh could require fast food restaurants to pay workers a minimum wage of 22 dollars an hour with an annual raise of 3.5 percent which oddly doesn't even match joe biden's inflation yeah. <laughs> but but here we are uh it did initially pass but it has faced significant pushback from the whole industry, and of course, the big players like McDonald's are pushing back and saying, you, you can't do this. Industry leaders have been very vocal in an open letter from January 25. McDonald's USA President Joe Erlinger wrote that it makes it all but impossible to run small business restaurants. It does. Well, what, what will make it worse, though? So in, in a lot of states, in Illinois, for example, they... Minimum wage just went up to thirteen dollars in mm-hmm. Illinois, January first. They all, they do allow exemptions to certain industries, so farm workers, tipped employees. So restaurants get a little bit of a break, but what will happen then? It defers to the federal. Mm. So it's 
<clears throat> it's bad that the minimum wage is going up in these states, but it, it'll be doubly worse if the federal goes up because a lot of the exemptions will allow a, a small business in a state to to apply the federal minimum. But but that's again, there's you have to be one of the accepted. Yeah, exempted uh, businesses. (laughs) Right. And for a lot of fast food places where they're not tipped employees, you're just stuck with whatever the state is because that supersedes, for some reason, the the federal. And so there's there's absolutely no way to operate Mm -hmm. uh, uh, this kind of a business on on the even at 13. It's you can't you can do it. But you can't find employees because in order to make it work, you have to give them fewer hours. Right. And, and then people don't work. And then people can't, they can't stay because they're not making enough, they, they are not getting enough hours to sustain. So you're actually, by applying the livable wage or whatever they like to call it, you're actually hurting them because they're getting, they can't, they can't keep a job. Because yeah. they're they're not going to be able to get enough hours, and it's not about greedy business owners. It's it's just math. May, so I think one of two things is happening. And first of all, this law in particular, because we're talking about basic economics here, mm-hmm. but this law actually targets restaurants. That's what's so yeah, bad about it. Is that it's, it's like, hey, we know you have this exemption. We're going to not only take away that exemption, we're going to raise everything on you particularly. Because that's what gets the headlines. That's what mm-hmm. it's the McDonald's worker that they go, oh, this poor person is working. And I do feel for that person. If they're working a job that is not, they're not able to make ends meet very well, well, that's part of working your way up. I mean, nobody really starts a job at these low level things and expects to stay there. You shouldn't want to stay there. You should be wanting to work your way up. Well, they don't, they don't want to start at a low level job. That, yeah, exactly. They want to start. At, at the top, at the top, yeah. without any effort or track record, they just expect because we've told them that's what they deserve. I mean, we use the word "deserve" a lot, yeah, and they deserve more. Everybody deserves more. Um, but with this, in particular, this issue, it's almost as if these people either a don't understand economics at all, then, and that could be a good portion of them that they really don't get that. You're just shifting the burden to the consumer. You know, you're, you're not necessarily raising the standard of living. And maybe a little bit. I mean, if there's a margin in there, they're going to take all they can. And the business will eat some of it. But some businesses either will have to close because of that or they're not going to make as much money. And ultimately, they're just not going to open businesses anymore. Right. Or um, the opposite, you know, I, that was A. B is... They actually do know that this is bad for the economy, but what they're doing is trying hard to create dependency. And this is people that I think they're not well-meaning at all. These are the people who are your the real power brokers saying, you know what you should do? Let's let's try to enact this communist ideology of workers uprising and here's how we'll do it we'll make it to where they think we're trying to benefit them but ultimately we're just making them dependent on the state right and i think there probably are people like that who know this stuff and they're that corrupt and that evil that they think that that's (laughs) that that may even be a good thing that to make people dependent on the state 
but that's how warped they've become that they don't get it. Well, it's and I don't even know that it's that it's warped. That's right in the playbook of of Marxism is you you have to overwhelm the systems. Mm-hmm. So you you pretend like you're you're out for the little guy, but your whole point in <clears throat> whether it's the people coming across the border or the welfare system prior to Clinton, it's it's all designed for those evil people. Um to get the useful idiots to go along with it because it's hidden under the cover of compassion. Mm-hmm. But the whole point of it is is to disrupt it and overwhelm it so that the only solution then, like you're saying, is the state. Yeah. I am going to be interviewing a guy named Kevin McGarry at, I think, this exact time next hour from an organization called EBLM, as in Every Black Life Matters. Mm-hmm. And he is, uh, I'm really looking forward to this because, uh, you know, timely because of the Tyree Nichols story and these mm-hmm. things. So I'm sure we'll talk about that. But he is in Washington, D.C. right now at a prayer breakfast, or he was, I don't know, by the time we talked to him, I don't know. But he uh, he has some books out, and I, I've got a quote from one of his books that's about Marxism in relation to not just the economic stuff that we're talking about, but with some of those like social uprisings mm-hmm. and BLM and some of those things. Uh, and he's a black man himself. And so I, you know, great perspective that I don't have. And so I'm really looking forward to that. And I want to bring some of those quotes about Marxism that he brings mm-hmm. to some of the current events that we're experiencing right now. Cause he's talking about big, broad things, but we'll kind of hone it in. Yeah. on uh, some of the current events happening and and see how they intersect. So stick around for that. That's next hour. But, of course, we have more Wiggins America and more Pink, basically just this one song. So I do apologize for that, but we're, we're doing our best to make Pink angry. I don't love making people angry, but I'm okay making Pink angry. We continue in the great Wiggins America tradition of only playing Pink music since Pink said that she would not want to be associated with conservatives anymore. Uh, We're going to continue to do that all show. Also, how about this? Are you a writer? Are you, have you ever thought about writing a book? Who are your favorite writers? Well, for me, I have written a book. It's called The Life of Human. It is a fiction book about robots, and I had a blast doing it. It took me 12 years to write a fiction novel, but it's got pretty good ratings on Amazon and Goodreads and places where people rate books. So if you, uh, if you like fiction and you like sci-fi and actually you like comedy, because there's pretty much every genre of writing in that book on purpose, uh, then check it out. It's called The Life of Human. It's by me, Ryan Wiggins. But one of my favorite writers, and I say this very hesitantly because there are things that he does that drive me a little bit crazy. It's Ray Bradbury. Uh, You know, he's a fantastic writer, and he was so famous in his day and so well appreciated in his day Fahrenheit 451 and things like that uh, books that and, and messages in the books that today you'd look at and you go uh, are you a conservative and he he wasn't he was just a free thinker and that gosh isn't that un- unfortunate that now you have to call somebody <laughs> to, to call somebody a liberal is to say that they might not even be a leftist anymore because the left has go, gone so far left. Uh, but he would probably be considered a traditional liberal based on things that I've heard from him. And I have a clip that I want to play. Um, but he did do some things that 
you know, his TV stuff wasn't great. He had Ray Bradbury Theater, if you've ever seen that. Um, there's a handful of really good episodes, but he wrote the whole series, and it's really not that great. He also was offered a job writing on Star Trek, the original, but he was so famous that he thought that was beneath him. Um, he also tied here. Last thing I'll say. He titles things in ways that just grate my nerves. Like instead of calling something, the wind comes this way, he would say, which way the wind comes. And it's, it's every time. I mean, look up titles of Ray Bradbury things and you'll realize it's actually just sort of twisting words in different same sentence, just putting words in different orders, and now it's it's fancy. Uh, but anyway, all that to say that he is a great writer. And I pulled this clip from him because it says so much about not just writing, although he is talking about writing. Listen to what he says about college. Of course. You didn't go to college. Never went to college. Don't believe in college for writers. I think it's very dangerous. I think uh, too many professors are too opinionated and too snobbish and too intellectual. And the intellect is a great danger to creativity. It has the to intellect is a danger to creativity? Terrible danger because you begin to rationalize and make up reasons for things instead of staying with your own basic truth. Mm -hmm. Who you are, what you are, what you want to be. And uh, uh, I've had a sign over my uh, typewriter for 25 years now which reads, Don't think. You must never think at the typewriter. You must feel. And then the, your intellect is always buried in that feeling anyway. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, you, you collect up a lot of data, you do a lot of thinking away from your typewriter. At the typewriter, you should be living. It should be a living experience, just as when I'm here with you speaking to you, you're popping all sorts of questions at me. I don't have time to think about them. I can react to them. I try to, to say things that are meaningful in reaction to them. If I stop and thought too long, you, we don't, both of us fall asleep. Now, there's a lot there to unpack, to use sermon language. But what he's saying is ultimately that professors and intellectuals will arrive at results really without thinking about how they got there. They will just arrive at results and say, this is the way you do it, and never go through the process of getting there. And that says so much to me about not just college now, but about the intelligentsia that leads the United States and then for therefore by leads the world is that they come to conclusions and you cannot question them. They, they have predetermined what the outcome will be and to question it is, is immoral. You know, it's, it's uh, you're killing your neighbor, that kind of stuff to use COVID language, but it applies to everything, not just COVID. Uh, that's a way of thinking and it needs to be disbanded if we're going to have a free society. <clears throat> it's just so unfortunate that we've gotten to this place and it's, it's liberals who have allowed it to get there. We've slipped into an objective truth rather than a, or a, sorry, a, a subjective truth rather than an objective truth. And these are the results is that you kind of make up the results and then you take a journey to get there, but you already know exactly what the destination is. And very much that applies to writing. So if you're a writer, you probably know um, that what Ray Bradbury is saying there, especially fiction, <clears throat> nonfiction, different rules, but for fiction, you got to let your work breathe a little bit. And liberals have got to let, you know, I, I respect liberals like um, Tulsi Gabbard, I guess, but also Bill Maher and some of these people who will frequently question the narratives because that's what a liberal does. Now, those people, especially Bill Maher, will come to different conclusions than you and I do a lot, but he questions them all. And if we're going to have right answers, 
You have to do that. Otherwise, you really do get into an authoritarian government situation, and we're right on the doorstep, guys. Hate to say that. But since we're talking about high art here and the way that art is created, I wanted to bring this to you. Wow. Wiggins America. Coming up at the end of this month, February 24th, Universal Pictures brings you Cocaine Bear. It's an upcoming American thriller film directed and co-produced by Elizabeth Banks, written by Jimmy Warden, and starring Ray Liotta in one of his final appearances before he died. What is Cocaine Bear? Here's the premise. And this is what I mean about you got to let your work breathe a little bit because this is, you, you know, this is high art. After investigating a duffel bag, or sorry, after ingesting a duffel bag full of cocaine, an American black bear goes on a murderous rampage in a small Georgia town where a group of locals and tourists must join forces to survive the attack from cocaine bear. The film is inspired by the real story of a 175-pound American black bear that died after ingesting a duffel bag full of cocaine, so it didn't deviate too far from its source material. This happened in December of 1985. The cocaine had been dropped out of an airplane piloted by some guy, Thornton II. I don't know why that's important. A former narcotics officer and convicted drug smuggler because his plane was carrying too heavy a load. Thornton then jumped out of the plane with a faulty parachute and died. The bear was found three months later in northern Georgia alongside 40 open plastic containers of cocaine. The bear is currently on display at the Kentucky uh, Fun Mall in Lexington, Kentucky, (laughs) which named the creature Cocaine Bear, in 2015 and now cocaine bear gets a movie starring ray liotta and produced by elizabeth banks you know we like to stick to high art and that's why we do so with regularity here on wiggins america and that's why we're going to continue to do so with our bump music there are three people currently in this room my name is ryan wiggins this is wiggins america i'm one of them the other two though are the cast members the full cast is in studio old roy welcome thank you You've been here. Trisha, welcome. Thank you. So uh, thank you guys for being here at the last segment of the first hour here. We're going to do a little segment we call Serious Questions. Serious Questions. And who wants to go first? Raise your hand. Everybody's hand clearly went up. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, Roy's hand is the only one that went up, and he was pointing at Trisha. So I guess it's me. So it's you. Yay. All right, you go first. All right. Trump compares himself to a gangster again. (laughs) That gangster is Al Capone. In a post on Truth Social, Trump wrote, quote, because of the weaponization, targeting, and unprecedented harassment, I believe that I have more lawyers working on this corrupt law enforcement-induced bull than any human being in the history of our country, including even the late great gangster Alphonse Capone. This is all being done for political reasons, all caps. In that, I'm leading everybody, Republicans and Democrats, by big numbers in the polls. The disinformation specialists are at it again, full-time. The fake news is their tool. Okay, so that was a truth social post. He compares himself to Al Capone. Okay. Last year, in an online statement uh, that's since been deleted, Trump wrote, 
Never before has this happened to another president and it is absolutely violation of my civil rights. I've been investigated by the Democrats more than Billy the Kid, Jesse James, and Al Capone combined. So... I would agree with that. He likes the gangster analogy. Serious question, and this is kind of a serious question. Serious question. Is the gangster comparison a damaging one for former President Trump? Ooh, that is kind of a serious question. But I think the answer is no. I don't think, I wouldn't worry too much about it. I mean, he's just, especially in the second tweet, he's, or truth, whatever they're (laughs) called, he's talking about how he's been mistreated uh, across the board and investigated more than actual gangsters i think the point comes across pretty well i don't know about you yeah that the the way i take it is not i think it's a uh, <clears throat> misleading to say he's comparing himself to them he's saying they're going after me more than they go after actual bad guys and so even he, the late great al capone well, <laughs> well maybe not the late there, great there's an element of trumpness about that that he's just going to say what he's going to say but i think the the point of the analogy is to say i'm not even that bad of a guy and they're investigating me more than they did the worst of the worst yeah i think it comes across you want to go next to me i can go okay let's hear it now last week let me set this up because last week you carried on no 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 two weeks ago you carried on the fine tradition of this show for I think five to six weeks straight talking about Tiger King. <laughs> Tiger King had not even been in the news, so it was really a monumental feat on my part. This to... show is the only one keeping it alive. <laughs> I, <laughs> I agree. And then I thought, you know what, probably time to let that die. And old Roy, without knowing that we mm-hmm. had done that, brings up this crazy story about Carol Baskin and Damn. her husband being alive. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so then, I, did you know this? I reached out to Carol Baskin. No. And she responded and told me <laughs> the story's old. <laughs> Great. No, but she you're right. It was hitting the news for no and she said, I don't know why this is hitting the news. So it wasn't just that you brought it up. She I mean, she knows all about you, but it wasn't that it was just you. Okay. Uh, right. So she was just saying, this is not new news. This is July of 2021 is when this came out. So I should have looked at the no. d- dateline. No, no, the, because it was for it was some reason just for some reason. Yeah, yeah. It, had, it had surfaced for some reason. So anyway, now you're caught up. Please don't do Tiger King this week is all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> I'm switching gears. <laughs> <laughs> no, here's my headline. How Brian Koberger's eyebrows helped police link him to Idaho murders. I have not been following this story at all. Well, that's why I'm here. Thank you. <clears throat> so what what the story is is they they had a tip on a vehicle, they pulled up the vehicle and the and it got this guy's driver's license photo. And he has big bushy eyebrows. Well, that was the one of the only descriptors they had of one of the 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 suspect was he had his face covered and they recognized his car, but the only features was his height and his eyebrows. He had bushy eyebrows. He had Ooh. his face covered, but he couldn't hide the eyebrows. Couldn't hide him. <laughs> Even through a mask. <laughs> Those brows just busting out. so when whoever was investigating this was looking up the vehicle and they see the driver's license photo and here's this guy with big bushy eyebrows, there you go. This, 
Have you been following that story? I have not. Okay, I, th- I kind of thought you weren't, because I was going to ask you a couple questions about it, but I was like, no, no you don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> this, the, those stories to me, the ones that are human interest, I've probably said this before, and I use human interest very loosely because usually they're about a murder or some sort of mysterious disappearance or something. When those start to become national news, I actually feel pretty good about our country. That's a weird thing to say because it means we don't have huge international or domestic crises happening. Other than the pending nuclear war, you mean? Well, yes. Okay. Um, But if the news cycle is slow enough that one of these random, mysterious dateline stories becomes national news, then you know, ah, the politics are actually kind of calm right now. Yeah. So I kind of appreciate that. Um, Anytime it's, what was the last one with... um, the girl who disappeared, Gabby Petito. That one was a huge news story. It just happened to fall. They always do, right when the news cycle is just a little bit slow. So they need to grab something to sort of keep your attention. And that's why I don't really pay attention and to this eyebrows story. are the go-to. I guess so. What's your serious well, question? Serious question <laughs> is... Serious question. Given that I'm old, obviously, yeah, super given old. my name, yeah. um, I've reached that point in life where eyebrow and ear hair trimming becomes something I have to pay attention to. But you don't what generally... What about nose trimming? Sorry. No, go ahead. No, that that's part of it, too. You don't generally care about your looks, though. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but serious question. I um, Serious question. And this is directed mostly to you, Ryan. Mm. Uh, has this become an issue for you? Eyebrow trimming. Well, let's let Trisha answer first. They ask that every time I get my hair cut now. They ask, do you want your eyebrows, eyebrows trimmed? That's nice. Like, That's a That's, nice service. It's kind of rude. Is it? To assume, if I could, if I said, hey, while I'm here, could you trim my eyebrows? But they're like, <laughs> boy, you're a disgusting looking furry eyebrowed person. Do you yeah. want me to clean you up a little bit? It just makes me feel well, bad about To answer myself. your question. I'm sorry that that happens. Yeah. I do get that question, too. No. And I always feel... I don't feel personally offended like you seem to. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a money grab. Oh. And so do I Do they s- charge you more for that? I'm sure they do. Have you ever said yes? I've never said yes, so well, I don't I know. I always say yes because I don't want to walk out of there looking like this murderer from Idaho. So do they charge you extra? No. Oh man, I need to take advantage of that then. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> what have I been doing? <laughs> But the beard, you know, like if they go beyond the the sideburns, which is tough with a beard for them to decide where that is, Mm -hmm. then they do charge you. Yeah. Right? So eyebrows are just like a accessory. That's just a throw in. Sweet. One time, my dad is a very hairy man and he's got back hair and he went in to get his hair cut and she was cleaning up his neck and she goes how far do you how far down do you want me to take this (laughs) he's like i don't know deep b (laughs) wear a backwards v-neck just be like just go down to the v (laughs) keep going until you can't reach anymore (laughs) all right my serious question is based on etiquette If you, how how often, you fly fairly often, you go on, you know, trips. I have been more recently just because I had the companion pass and I've been trying to use it. You don't, do you fly a lot? No, every couple of years. Yeah, okay. I haven't heard you say that, which is why I wondered. Uh, There are unspoken airplane etiquette rules among the most debated is over who owns 
the airplane window that's situated between two seats. So it's not clearly yours. It's right on the seat. And the debate was sparked by somebody online, of course, who posted an awkward interaction with a passenger where it was six in the morning. The guy's trying to probably sleep a little bit or just rest on the flight. And the person in front of him keeps opening that window. But it was unclear whose window it was. So he would close it and then she would reopen it. (laughs) So (laughs) I love people so much. Yeah. And at some point you just got to go, do you really need your window open? I mean, I, I get wanting it closed. I don't get needing it open. Unless you just want to be entertained by seeing the plane take off, which I always am, even now. I'm like, ooh, it's coming off the ground. Can you believe this? (laughs) It's the 20th century, (laughs) which it's not. Um, But my question, my serious question is this. Would you sit next to Roy on a plane? Serious question. Roy, you want to go first? (laughs) I would not. Yeah. Because... I don't know if they've shrunk the airplane seats. I'm sure that's what it is. That's probably it's it. Definitely that. But I overflow. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just say to put it nicely, um, and it's mostly shoulder wise. Mm-hmm. It, it's just if if you're next to me, you're gonna get shoulder. That's Do you, it. you use the armrest? Are you forced to use the armrest because you have no choice? If there's an armrest there, I put it up. You put it, you like I flip it oh, up because it squeezes. It's into me. So you're definitely <laughs> bleeding over the oh, other person's yeah. seat. There's no option for you. Yeah. Then I I try to get on the plane early so I can get that that over the wing seat that's got more leg room. Mm-hmm. Of course, everybody does. Because if I can if I can stretch. Long ways, I don't... You can, like, slender, suck it in. <laughs> slender yourself out like yeah. Stretch Armstrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, laying down sideways yeah. on the seat. That yeah, guy's got it. huge shoulders, but, man, with all that leg room, they don't take up as much room. Exactly. <laughs> it works in my favor because on a crowd, or on a not on a not full flight, I make take up as much space as I can so the people walking by will not sit next to me. And the middle seat will stay open, and I can be comfortable. See, Timmy? See how the big man is spreading himself out long ways? <laughs> That's what we should be doing. Yeah. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> Trisha, with that in mind, how would you answer that question? I think I'd sit next to you. I'm okay with this. Okay. What uh, My biggest pet peeve is when a stranger or a loved one <laughs> hogs the armrest. There's yeah. one armrest. There's two of us. Either neither of us get it or neither of us get it. Agreed. Agree. That should be etiquette right there is armrest. If you don't know the person, just why don't you just make that the barrier? Mm-hmm. And either, nobody gets it. Yep. Keep your hands and arms to yourself. Yep. I don't need your elbow in my lap unless I you're Roy. Just yeah. came home. If it was Roy, it'd be a little weird. But if uh, <laughs> just because he makes it weird, we came home and there was a, I let, team Roy. I let uh, I let Katie sit on the window and I was in the middle. I, I took it like a man and hoping somebody small sits next to me, of course. And they didn't. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a bigger girl, but she had her feet in my feet space. Ooh, uh, that's over the line, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, she she didn't seem like she was trying to be mean, but she was, you know, she was taking up some space, mm-hmm. and I wasn't necessarily using that couple inches. 
So she was, but she had it fully in like where she could put her foot under the seat in front of me. That That's too far. That's way too far. Agreed. All right. We are at the top of the hour. We're going to take a short break. Stick with us. We'll be back with more of this. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 